0: gazette newspapers presents the parting shots podcast now here's your host daily gazette associate sports editor ken shot thank you scott Geezy, and welcome to the parting shots podcast available wherever you get your podcast subscribe today thanks for joining me from the parting shots podcast studio in schenectady new york we have another fantastic show for you we will talk college hockey in our final two segments I'll speak with Yukon goalie and former Union Net miner Darian Hansen as the Huskies get set for their first ever appearance in the Hockey East Tournament semifinals on Friday. And Josh Segan of College Hockey News will help me preview this weekend's ECAC Hockey Tournament Championship round in Lake Placid. For the first time since 2017, the Albany women's basketball team will play in the NCAA Tournament. The America East Tournament champion, Great Danes, will face Louisville in the first round at 6 p.m. Friday in Louisville, Kentucky. To talk about this is the head coach of the Great Danes, Colleen Mullen. Colleen, welcome back to the podcast, and congratulations uh, on winning the America East and getting a shot at the uh, NCAAs. Thank you so much, Ken. I really appreciate you
1: having me
0: on. Well, I appreciate you throwing on. I know it's busy and it's kind of crazy, but how crazy is it right now? Let me ask you that.
1: Oh, it's a good crazy. It's crazy, but it's a good crazy.
0: Uh, what was the, when you guys won Friday afternoon up in Arnhem? I mean, a tough place to play, a, te- a place where you, Albany, have struggled over the years, what was it like when you won the game? Cause you, I think you, you know, just you know, following along on- online uh, while I was up in Potsdam with the Union hockey team, it was just like you guys were in complete control that game.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was like something came over our team, our players, and they were just so hyper-focused. And, and, you know, through the whole game, we came out firing. I mean, we had 20 points in the first quarter. I don't know if that's even happened all year. Um knocking down shots, just playing confidently, moving the ball, handling Maine's pressure, but the environment was electric. It, it, it really was any type of environment you would ever imagine wanting to have a like, collegiate championship game in. You know, rowdy fans, loud, sold out. You know, unfortunately, no one cheering for us. Um, but, you know, just really, really cool environment. And I think, you know, luckily for us, we had played them, earlier in the year and it was the breast cancer awareness game and, and it had a huge crowd and they were rowdy and you know they're you know heckling us from the from the stands they had football players there and a lot of students and it was really loud so the players kind of had an idea okay this is going to be really hard to hear each other we're going to have to echo a lot it's hard to hear the coaches so before we had the game we practiced with music we practiced with background noise um to really just get us prepared for the environment. And then the night before the game, we did a visualization of winning the game. And it was actually kind of crazy because it almost was exactly the visualization that we did, mm-hmm. um, like with how the score was and how the, the quarters kind of went. But, you know, we, we came out to that, that hot start, in the first quarter, and we just, we controlled the whole time, and and I was so proud of our team, the way that they handled Maine's runs, I mean, Maine is such a good team, they're so talented, they've got a terrific inside-out presence, I mean, they've got the player of the year and defensive player of the year in Ann Simon, Um, you know, inside, they've got Maeve Carroll, second team all-conference, you know, been through very, very successful uh, five years at Maine, Um, and we handled their runs, we knew they could score in kind of bunches, and we handled their runs, and at the end, um, I put my hands on my head, and I was just like, is this really happening? I, I can't believe this is happening. It's happening. I can't believe it. And I was just so thrilled for our staff and, and so thrilled for our players.
0: How nice was it to uh, silence the main fans?
1: Yeah, they were, they were the quietest I've ever heard. Um, so that was that was really cool, and it was really just, you know, kind of eerie actually at the end when, you know, the gym was almost silent. Uh, it had been so loud for, for so long. And, you know, our credit our players. They had big, big plays. And when you're in a championship game, you really need a couple players to have big performances. And we certainly had that in uh, Morgan Haney and Ellen Haney.
0: Normally that bus ride from Orono, Maine, is a long one. A lot longer when you lose. But what was it like uh, coming home fr- Friday? I, I imagine you guys didn't it felt like you, it took 15 minutes to get home.
1: It was actually kind of crazy. You know, it it was it, it was kind of a part of the you know almost best part of the night. Uh, I mean, obviously the winning was the best, but you know getting to spend six hours with each other after the game and just being with our team, you know, with the coaching staff. Usually, you know, a championship game like that that you win, you're at home or, you know, it's it, it's certainly a, a different type of travel. But we actually had six six hours to just dance and sing and, you know, enjoy and soak it all in and be together as a team and just really have those moments, that six hours of, um, you know, being together and, and, and just really being in the moment. Yeah.
0: Now you get the you're the 16 seed and you're going to be facing the top seed in the, in, in that region and against in Louisville. What do you know about the uh, Louisville at this point?
1: I mean, you know, one of one of the best teams in the country. I mean, you get you know a first seed and. They've got multiple WNBA prospects on their team. Um, you know they're they're beating their ACC opponents by an average of fifteen points a game, and and you know at, at one game this year, the, the score to Notre Dame was forty three to three with seven seven minutes to go in the second corner. So they're no slouches, and they're large large women. Um, but you know what? There's stranger things have happened, and the most important thing that we do is is you know. Go out there, number one, have fun. We can play loose. There's no pressure on us, right? Mm-hmm. We're, the, we're the one seed, they're the sixteen. seed. They have all the pressure. Um, but we need to be composed, and we need to take care of the ball, um, you know, defend a lot of size and a lot of athleticism. But really, it's the player's opportunity to, to showcase all their hard work, to be on the national stage playing and, and competing and, and, you know, Challenging themselves against the best players in the country, and what an amazing opportunity! Yeah,
0: I mean, how do you not I mean, get intimidated? Because obviously, you weren't intimidated up in Orono, and that, that's a small gym there up in Arno. But of course, you're playing in Kentucky's home, which is a lot bigger. Uh, there's going to be a, rowdy, a lot, probably a lot more fans there than than there were in Arno. I mean, how do you avoid being intimidated by that? All? you just have to go what you, what you did against Maine?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you just go back and you revert, revert back to your preparation and, and know that you're prepared for these moments that, you know, um, and, I, and I told them today, you know, you play AAU, you play high school against some of the best players in the country and you don't even realize how good they are, you know, and, and you're going face to face with them and you're not intimidated, you're just playing another game and you know, everybody can have an off night. Um and so, you know, don't just count yourself out because they, they have Louisville across their chest. It's just another opponent, and you need to do your best to just, you know, compete. Um, you know, I think, too, the other two games that have really prepared us is our game at Boston College and our game at Vanderbilt. I mean, we held Vanderbilt to in the 50s for points, um, and we were right in that game. I mean, it, the fourth quarter was a two-possession game, and then at Boston College, you know, oh, by the way, going into the fourth quarter, we're down by three points. Mm -hmm. So I think the players have some confidence to be able to go out and and, and be confident against, you know, the quote-unquote better opponent.
0: When you took over the program uh, in 2017, obviously the the program had gone through two coaches in about 24 months. And, of course, a lot had to do with the success of the program because they were going to NCAAs. I mean, it took some time to rebuild. I mean, how – how important was it you to be patient through this uh, rebuild? And then, you know, obviously, you know, it turns out it was a, the four-year plan that you had turned out to be uh, the right plan.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think all along, you know, knowing that um, it, it really was going to be a four-year plan of just really trying to rebuild this program to where it where it. Trying to aspire to be where it was, which truly is unprecedented. I mean, at the mid-major level, to win six championships in a row, and you know, Coach Abe had five, Joanne had one, um, to make it the sixth in a row, but th- that's, that truly is unprecedented, um, and, and remarkable, really. But I felt like if we really wanted to get to that pinnacle and have sustained success, we couldn't just do the easy fixes, we couldn't do the band-aids, you know, just, you know, compromise maybe, culture decisions or take somebody that maybe we hadn't done enough homework on, um, you know, just to get better faster. I think we really focused when I first got the job and when I first got the job, I mean, I took the job, I accepted the job and there was three other guards that were supposed to be on the team. One ended up transferring to Boston College with Joanna, that was her recruit, and then the point guard, Mackenzie Tripsick and Emma List, who, oh, by the way, Emma List starts for Florida Gulf Coast. Mackenzie Tripsich went to the NCAA tournament with UC Davis, so these were very good guards. Um... And then when I arrived, you know, they, they were gone. So that was, that was really tough. And so we just focus on building relationships, building our culture, engaging in the community, focusing on doing the best that we can to help have our players have resources to be successful in the classroom, doing everything the right way, and getting our players better, player development. And then we continue to get the players that we had better, bought into us, trusting us as coaches, and then continuing to recruit high-character players that were team-centered and, and, and team-first type of players that had talent but also had those intangibles of putting the team first and, and, and hard work. And, and here we are now. This is the outcome of, of all of our hard work, of the staff's hard work, um, and the players buying into the culture.
0: How does that help recruiting down the road?
1: I think it's huge. I mean, and I, and I say this too, to the players that came that are on the team now they, they committed to our program to the vision of us becoming a championship level program but we were not a winning program when they decided to come here we were we were losing and that says something about them they changed that with their hard work and their with you know Their integrity, their focus, um, you know, they changed that. They made this into a championship culture. And now you can recruit a different type of athlete. You don't have to say, hey, listen, come to what we want to be in the future. No, you can come right now and be a part of a a championship-level team, somebody that wants to compete for championships every year.
0: How nice was it to have a normal year this year as opposed to last year?
1: Oh, my gosh, it was amazing. I mean, it's still COVID still really did hit us after Christmas. I mean, we had to cancel a game. Uh, luckily, we were able to reschedule with Union. But then, you know, COVID hit. We, I mean, we were down with Ellen Haney for, for almost a month. Um, we ended up having a couple losses in there, um, you know, with people coming back from, from, you know, health and safety protocols. But it did hit us. But compared to, you know, where we were at this point, Last year and, and, and with COVID, what a, what a blessing to be able to have a season and, and allow these players to have um, the opportunity to play.
0: Well, Colleen, uh, congratulations again. Good luck on Friday in Louisville. And who knows, uh, could be an upset. We'll see what happens.
1: Stranger things have happened.
0: I right, appreciate it, Colleen. Good luck again. Thanks, Ken. All right, that's Colleen Mullen. Uh, Union, uh, UConn goalie and former Union Net Miner Darren Hanson joins me next here on the Parting Shots podcast. I've got a math question for you. When you add tolerance, subtract prejudice, and multiply efforts to treat one another with respect, what do you get? Less division. And school sports have it down to a science. Looking for an example of what can happen when we realize there's more that unites us than divides us? Look no further than high school sports in New York.
2: This message presented by the New York State Public High School Athletic Association and the New York State Athletic Administrators Association. Hi this is Daily Gazette copy editor Andrew Pugliese and you're listening to the Parting Shots podcast
0: with Daily Gazette associate sports editor Ken Schott. Welcome back to the podcast. For the first time in program history the UConn men's hockey team is in the Hockey East Tournament semifinals. The Huskies will face Northeastern at 4 p.m. Friday at TD Garden in Boston. One of the players who helped the Huskies get there is former Union goalie Darian Hansen And Darian joins us right now on the podcast. Darian, uh, welcome to the podcast. It's great to catch up with you after a few years. Yeah, hi, Ken. Thanks for having me on. It's, uh, yeah, absolutely. Nice to catch up. Nice to catch up here. And uh, congratulations. I mean, uh, how? What's the, what's the excitement level like uh, on the campus there at UConn? Um, you know, uh, very exciting. I mean, just, you know, in
3: terms of campus, uh, the Huskies basketball, um, just got their uh, um, location and seating figured out for the NCAA basketball tourney. You know, us, obviously, we're um, playing a big game here on Friday. You know, baseball's getting back. It's a huge sports school, so it's, uh, you know, exciting to say the least.
0: Yeah, I bet it is. So how thrilling is it for you? You know, you, know, you didn't play last year because of COVID. You graduated from Union and you, uh, you know, transferred to UConn. I mean, did you envision this even happening? Um, you know, yeah. I mean, kind of. You know, it's
3: you know all the way back to you know when COVID was a thing and the year being canceled. Like that was always you know us guys. We talk. We knew that this could what played out for me this year could potentially be an avenue. And um, once the season finally got canceled, that union, you know, that it just started to play out and ever since the recruiting process started with uh, me and UConn, you know, this was a team that I thought was very much capable of doing um, what we are doing right now, you know? So yeah, I mean, it's crazy to think, you know, two years ago, if you had asked me where I'd be in two years, it would be this, but Mm -hmm. as the years have gone on, um, this is all, it's, it all makes sense.
0: Yeah. I mean, you basically we're, were the goaltender. You started 33 of 34 games, uh, 2.29 goals against average 921 per save percentage 1914 and and know with one shutout i mean was there any concern yeah not playing last year uh and then playing so much this year that you you would hit a wall
3: <laughs> absolutely there was uh, it's uh it's actually funny you mentioned that I, I was uh i was talking to uh one of the writers at chn and they asked me the same question and I uh, referred to a story of one of our first team practices of the year, where I was getting absolutely torched, and I was uh, I was thinking to myself, you know, like, man, like, do I still got this? <laughs> I was nervous, um, but you know, as uh, as training camp went along, more in the fall, uh, you know, it, it I started to get back on the bike a little bit, and um, it all worked out, you know.
0: Yeah, you guys are 19th ranked in the country right now in the uh, USCHO. Dot.com uh, poll, and you're going to play 10th-ranked Northeastern. It's always been you know, a really been a, a great team in the last few years. Uh, what's it going to take on Friday to uh, beat them?
3: Um, it's going to it's going to be it's gonna take a lot of hard work. That's for sure. Um, they're a great team over there. Uh, we played them a couple weeks ago. Um, I think it was yeah, it was the second to last weekend of the year, and they actually swept us in the home and home. They've got a great goalie in Devin Levi. It's going to be a real challenge getting pucks by him. Um, I think for us, you know, I think they're a team that does great off the rush. So for us to be able to defend that, I think will be great. And uh, just like I said, just trying to find ways to score and that guy. um, It's uh, we believe we can do it. I mean, we played three games against them this year, and we uh, we did it once in October. I think we beat them. I think the score was five to three. Mm -hmm. um, In the last two uh, matchups we had with them, like I said, didn't go great, but. We know we're capable, um, and I think if we play the way we did uh, last Saturday against BU, I think uh, we got a good chance.
0: What difference in the style of play did you, did you see this year between Hockey East and when you played in uh, ECAC?
3: Yeah, that's a great question because you know, having been in the ECAC for three, four—I mean, three years, I guess—you yeah. uh, know, you, you hear a lot about how the leagues are different. And one thing that I heard that I think actually holds true is that one of the biggest differences really is between the two leagues that I think the Hockey East is just a little bit more, they put a little bit more emphasis that the teams do at least on puck possession Mm -hmm. Um, in terms of, like, I remember in the ECC there was a little bit more, you know, get it deep and hard forecheck um, off the glass and out, whereas here I think kids are a little bit more (laughs) um incentivized to hold on to it you know I mean that's just a it's a little difference um but I think it it goes a long way sometimes um it's just been interesting but I mean other than that it's you know hockey's hockey it's uh it's the same game here that it is that it is over at Union and East AC but in terms of little things, I think that's probably the biggest difference.
0: Well you, you mentioned Union there, and um, first of all, how much did you miss? do you miss uh, Union?
3: Uh, yeah, I missed it a ton. Um, you know, I, I loved my time at Union. Loved the school. Loved the program. Um, it, it was weird, you know, coming in and doing college hockey again with a different group of different group of guys at a different school um so yeah i mean it's even though my experience has been great here at uconn like I'll, I, I still consider myself uh, a dutchman at heart so i absolutely did miss it this year
0: do you keep in contact with a lot of your former teammates
3: yeah absolutely i mean two of my classmates you know brandon ss and josh kosak they uh obviously they returned uh to the union group this year so i keep in touch with those guys um obviously really close to Fletcher Feynman, Mike Ryan, and Ryan Sidorski, you know, those guys are some of my best friends. So, um, absolutely was in touch with them
0: throughout the year. And I guess, uh, obviously the situation involving, uh, your former coach, Eric Bennett, uh, I mean, did that catch you by surprise?
3: Uh, yeah, you know, it did. Um, it's, it's sad to see situations like that happen and that's nothing you can ever really predict, you know, um, so when that happened, it was a, it was a wild few days and uh, definitely caught me off guard, for sure. Well,
0: what was Rick like as a coach for you?
3: Um, you know, Rick was, he, he was definitely a hard blue-collar coach. You know, he, he, uh, that's, that's just the st- style that he had to get the most out of the players that um, he wanted. Um, and sometimes I do think that could rub guys the wrong way. Um, but you know, that's, you know, that's how it is. You know, that's just, uh, how life was. I, I, I you know, Rick and I, we had a good relationship. Um, and it's unfortunate to see how that all thing, the whole thing panned out, you know?
0: Well, uh, were you following the, the, the play of the team this year? I mean, obviously it was an up and down year for the team and you know, the, they obviously got home ice in the, uh, ECAC swept Princeton and then, uh, so they had two heartbreaking losses at Clarkson over the weekend. Yeah,
3: I have been following, you know, and it's, uh, it was an up-and-down year, too, and, a whole, like, a ton of adversity faced, you know. I can't imagine being in that locker room. Like, you know, you mentioned the whole story with Rick. Like, the one thing that really stuck out the most to me was how that group responded and got the win in the Mayor's Cup just days after that whole fiasco occurred. You know, I can't imagine being in that locker room having to go play that game with that high of stakes of a game during something like that, you know, and it's the one thing that I will say about the whole thing is like, I was really upset with the portrayal of how a lot of the, a lot of the, I should say a lot of the discourse on the internet seemed to be that the union hockey players were soft and to see them three days to pull out a win like that in a situation like that, like that was One of the most impressive things that I've ever seen, you know, and I've been in the locker room with all those guys for four years, but they're not soft and that, that, that whole thing that I think they just proved to everybody, like with that win that they're not. And so to see them do that, I, I was so incredibly proud.
0: Yeah. What is it going to take for UConn? I mean, this is the first time, uh, as we mentioned at the top of this uh, segment, first time they've been in the hockey semifinal. I mean, northeastern has been there. So I mean, how important is it not to be nervous going into this game uh, on Friday?
3: I mean, it will, but I don't think that's going to be a factor. I mean, we're playing at the TD Garden, which yeah, a pro building. But we already play in a pro building at the XL Center here in Hartford. Um, so that's not going to be something we're not used to. You know, we're playing a team in Northeastern that we've seen three times this year. Um, you know, we know we can beat them. It's it's it, it, it's not going to be a ton new, you know. I mean, I think we were talking after our game against B, BU um, that the first one for this program was probably going to be the hardest. You know, the, the whole narrative for us, for many of your listeners that didn't know, it's UConn has never won a hockey's playoff game. That was our first win in nine years, I believe. Mm-hmm. And it just seemed—I think they were zero and eleven, I believe it was uh, up to that point. And you know, we got it done. You know, that's that was the story for us over here, and we got that one out of the way. And now for us, it's just focusing on winning a hockey's championship. Like I said, it's what we're going to be seeing isn't much different than what we're used to. So nerves, I don't think, are going to be a big factor. But you know, who knows? It's playoff hockey. Um, but we're all grown up, so we can handle that stuff.
0: Well, maybe if you win the tournament, you can end up playing in Albany in a couple uh, next weekend.
3: Oh, I, <laughs> I sure hope so. I sure hope so. You know, it's, I, I remember last year, uh, um, Joe Campolito at BU. They they got the regional in Albany, and when you know we were here and uh, at Union, we got to go visit, and that was a super cool experience. So, you know, I'm sure if we do uh, win in the tournament, and making it or lucky enough to be in Albany, we'll have a couple. Uh, Close friends make that game. I'm sure it'll be a pretty special experience.
0: What's your future going to be like? I mean, are you, know, you start thinking about the uh, pros at this point, or is it, you know, not on your radar right now? I mean, no, it's
3: not on my radar right now. I have, I have no idea what the future is going to look like. I really don't. I've never been through, you know, the situation as a senior. Um, You know, I've got ideas for uh, what I'm going to do if it's not hockey and, you know, and ideas of what I'd like it to be if it is hockey. You know, it's but right now those are all just thought experiments. Uh, Our only focus is this weekend, you know, like I, us, this team here, and me personally, like we've never played in a game where we got to throw our gloves off at the end, and that's our number one focus. And then, you know, once it all comes to an end, everything else will figure itself out.
0: Well, Darian, uh, good luck this weekend. We'll be keeping tabs on you as we uh, get ready for championship weekend all, all over uh, college hockey. I appreciate you spending a few minutes here. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, Ken. Right. That's Darian Hansen. And uh, we'll have more college hockey talk coming up. Uh, we'll turn our attention to the ECC Hockey Tournament Championship round. Josh Segan of college hockey news joins me next to break it down here on the uh, the Parting Shots podcast. All of us love sports. But not all sports are created equal. College sports have big budgets, dedicated alumni networks, and corporate sponsorships. Professional sports have even deeper pockets millionaire owners, lucrative TV and radio deals, and merchandise sales. High school sports have you. Everyone agrees high school sports give us plenty of reasons to cheer. And now's a great time for us to give back. Supporting your hometown high school won't cost you much, but it will go a long way to ensuring the games we love the most are here to stay. New York High School Sports. They're good for our kids, good for our community, and best of all, they're good for you. This message presented by the New York State Public High School Athletic
2: Association and the New York State Athletic Administrators Association.
0: Hi. This is RPI men's hockey coach, Dave Smith, and you are listening to the Parting Shots podcast with Daily Gazette Associate Sports Editor, Ken Schott. Welcome back to the podcast. We're down to the final four teams in the ECAC hockey tournament. Quinnipiac will take on Colgate in the 430 game on Friday. The 730 game pits Clarkson and Harvard, and we'll talk about this This as our friend Josh Segan from College Hockey News, and Josh... We almost had chalk. We almost had the top four teams. Uh, Colgate, I mean, I picked Colgate to win that series, so I'm not surprised uh, the Raiders made it up there, but uh, what are your thoughts about the the four teams that are going to Lake Placid?
2: I don't think there's really any surprises, right? I mean, we talked about, you know, Quinnipiac being a, you know, prohibited favorite, Clarkson probably being a prohibited favorite as well. You know, Harvard was, you know, a little dicey here. Um, You know, they got down to three goals on Friday, but you know, they grew up as that series. I tended Otto really talked about that, about how his team grew up throughout that series, and he was actually really impressed with it. As you know, they played their best game in Game Three, and then um, you know, Colgate. I mean, we, like I said, like we talked about last week. I mean, there's no surprise there that Colgate went into lineup. Uh, you know, they're very tested going into this weekend, so that should prove pretty well. And. Yeah, I mean, there's really no surprises. I mean, Colgate maybe, but yeah, no, I thought they 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 played well enough to win. And, you know, as I said last week, I just think they're more talented in Cornell. They have more talent at the top, and that talent kind of, you know, showed its ahead. The, you know, the better team kind of lost, but the team with the most talent won. So, yeah, I mean, it was it kind of went to the way we all predicted it in a way.
0: Yeah, I mean, you yeah, know, we, there were some tense moments. Obviously, the Quinnipiac had to rally to win game two in overtime uh, and the Union Clarkson series both games ended in overtime and of course the bizarre first two games of the RPI Harvard series where RPI has a three goal lead late. Harvard scores three extra attacker goals and wins it two minutes into the extra session and then Harvard leads Saturday night game two. RPI comes back, Harvard ties it and then Harvard uh, RPI ends up winning in double overtime and you just wondered, Harvard had a 2 nothing lead, and you wonder if RBI was going to make a game of it. And sure enough, uh, the engineers did uh, with a late power play goal, but they could not get that final goal uh, to tie and send it into overtime. So just some you know, crazy games.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, that's always what that round um, produces anyways to begin with. As, as Teddy was talking about the other night, Ted Donato, he was talking about during his conference that on Sunday that you know, there's a big difference between the first round and the quarterfinals, with the spots in Lake Placid on the line. You know, there's a lot at stake there, and it usually produces those results. And yeah, I mean, there was a kind of a sense of maybe it's going to happen again. You know, two two nothing turned into two one with an extra attacker goal on Sunday, and then uh, you wonder if RPI was going to get it. I mean, they had a couple of good chances. Uh, I mean, they had a, they actually came out of the out of the gate really quick in the first period, but yeah, they were never able to get that second goal to tie. Diet, which is unfortunate because i thought rpi played well they tested harvard they brought them to the brink and you know good on dave smith to, to have that group there they were so close again to getting that first trip in a long time to lake placid and um but yeah no it was harvard where you know it seems like harvard's there every year now they've been there six straight times so um you know ted, ted donato always has his team ready to play in the quarterfinals and yeah prove that again
0: yeah, of course, Dave Smith showing the number one sign late in game one.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the Papa a up man for yeah. that. But, you know, it's, it's one of those whatevers, right? Yeah. Like, oh, my it was God. Funny. Yeah, I know. So
0: It was funny, kind of funny. So I see that. <laughs> I, yeah, I, just, I mean, I there's just a nice like, picture
2: of it, right? But, yeah, I, yeah, no, it was one of those, like, oopsie moments. Uh, I'm on camera, a candy camera um as i would say we gotta get some slime for nickelodeon or something like that but yeah, yeah no um that that's kind of funny
0: but it was really nothing i give credit to the assistant coach who spotted that and started to try to hide things and dave looked up at the camera and just uh saluted the camera the way he did
2: <laughs> yeah yeah I, I mean it happens right okay. you the, get the moments get the best of us the, the, there's uh, these moments are you know there there's a lot of pressure in them and um, like I said, good on RPI to you know give Harvard a fight and almost get to Lake Placid. As I said to Dave, I would have rather seen you guys up in Lake Placid in a way. Um, you know, it would have made the crowd really fun up there. And uh, but it was not to be. And you know, you look, he's building there at RPI. It would be interesting to see what he's able to do um, in the next couple coming years. He has some good talent there, and he's able to. He's he's another one of those coaches that's taking advantage of the. Um, the the transfer portal and has in the past couple of years. So, yeah, I, do, I wouldn't be surprised if we could see uh, RPI in Lake Placid very, very, very soon. Yeah.
0: Well, let's look at the uh, matchups for this weekend. Let's start with the one uh, five matchup: uh, Quinnipiac and Colgate. That'll be the opening game on Friday. Uh, Quinnipiac won the season series pretty easily, but we know Quinnipiac's history in the postseason, and of course, these teams met in 2014 in the semifinals and. Colgate ended up winning that game in overtime. mean, the way Colgate's playing right now, the you know, nice run here. Penn, yeah, no, absolutely.
2: Upset. I mean, they're uh, they're they're on a very good tear here of late. Um, and I mean, one thing you should note is, you know, Quinnipiac is one four one against the top four in the ECAC. Obviously, that doesn't include Colgate because they swept Colgate um, in fifth, but. Yeah, they scored seven goals again in those six games colgate's defense has been a little bit better and you know mitch benson what can we say about mitch benson he went to Lina, and you know really had some cornell really struggled to uh, solve him in net and he made a hundred out of 105 saves there and yeah he looked very good um he really saved them and especially game three but yeah he has a history of, of being very good in tournaments um I'm, talking to john mcgraw of, um you know the longtime colgate uh, radio tv guy now and you know he, he's always been very good at tournaments all the way through the junior level um now obviously in the college hockey level and yeah i mean it hasn't been a series that's been kind of colgate of late um you know they quinnipiac is 7-1-1 against them in the last nine games against each other and yeah that 2014 semifinal was really uh Really memorable. I was talking about that um, the other night, and with, with some with somebody in the press box. Um, that was a really memorable game. It was two overtimes. Colgate won it. You know Tyson Spink. You know we can remember the Spink twins. You know very good, uh, pretty good players. Now you know the interesting factor is that colgate's getting led by another pair of brothers um in the youngs so yeah that's an interesting one and then of course would they get up to nothing against union the next night that really good union team that went on to win a national title um and it's you know after the double overtime in the late game you know it all fell kind of apart there late you know after the second period began but yeah it would be nice to see you know don get to a championship game here and Possibly have a chance to go to one more NCAA tournament, and uh, we'll see. I mean, you look at you look at the talent on Colgate. they're a very talented young team. Um, you wouldn't be surprised to see them back in this position next year as a favorite.
0: I have to, so. cor- I have to correct you on something there. I was just look up the box right now. You need get out to a four nothing lead in that game. There's was no square after the uh- first period.
2: Oh, maybe I was thinking of another game. I, I maybe I thought I thought, you know what, I thought that was you, the year. Maybe it was 2013. Maybe it was 2015. I, I you, you know might, maybe, you, maybe I you might be forget. thinking
0: yeah you might be thinking 2011 and you keep talking about the series. I mean I can do a quick look up here because uh, I remember you, you know Colgate was a 12 seed in 2011. Yeah, uh, they uh, did, did the Capital District Daily Double with beating RPI in three and beating Union in three. To get to uh, Atlantic City. Yeah, yeah. I,
2: I guess I remember that that game wrong. I don't know what happened the night before. Like the nights, I guess. But no, I mean, yeah, no. That Colgate game was, you know, really good, yeah. and you know, they were really spent that next night, and you know, that was a very good Colgate team yeah. um, that year. Yeah. And you know, you know, and maybe the power play is a difference in this in the series too. Like Quinnipiac power play hasn't been very good. Of all the things that have been very good for Quinnipiac. The power play hasn't been, they're, you know, they're at 13%. Colgate's been at 18%. You know, their, their power play looked very good against Cornell over the weekend as well. So has multiple power play goals, especially on, you know, Saturday night, the night that, you know, Cornell was a little miffed about the officiating. Um, it was a little interesting, that's for sure. And, you know, I know Mike Schaefer had some things to say about that. And um, his health wasn't good enough for him to coach on um, Sunday, which is unfortunate. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, it should be it should be a very interesting series. I mean, he got you know Colgate's talent up front, is very very good. Um, you know, like I said, the young brothers, Alex and Colton, and then you know Matt Verboon was a big piece of the offense. And yeah, we'll see. And I mean, obviously Quinnipiac's very deep, so you know that's that's a very tough uh, matchup for Colgate, but but we'll see what happens.
0: I just looked up game two of the quarterfinals against Union. Uh, Colgate was down 2 nothing after two and scored four third-period goals to win that and send the game to, to us, uh, game three on that Sunday. Oh, that's
2: fun. Yeah, no, you're with all the stats. You're always ahead of me. That's good. <laughs> my, my brain's already failing me at my, uh, my old age here.
0: So who are we going with uh, in this Quinnipiac-Colgate? Who wins?
2: Um, I think you just have to go on Quinnipiac based on merit, but it's tough to beat a team three times in a row. Mm-hmm. So I, I think this one's going to be a lot closer than the two regular season games. These games are, you know, a lot, always a lot closer. And given Quinnipiac's history here, we, you know, it wouldn't surprise me to see Colgate.
0: Yeah. I mean, I just you, – you, somebody I was talking up at Clarkson uh, when I was up there over the last weekend said that Rand gets his players too psyched up and I think too mentally overcharged. And I think if something bad happens, they don't know how to react. Yeah,
2: I mean, if they, they, that's kind of been their MO, like if they if they get scored on early, they struggle. So it's it's not something new. It's something that's plagued them in prior um, ECAC tournaments. Given all their success, they've only won it once, um, which is kind of you know interesting to see because you know there's been a lot of very dominant Quinnipiac teams over that time. So yeah, I mean, it it, it could be close if they get you know if Colgate scores the first goal. That's where you have to wonder. Uh, what's, you know, what's going to happen? Who's going to win the series? I think that's where it could be interesting. Yeah. And, you know, get Colgate the way they've been playing. They're, um, you know, down the stretch here. And, you know, they, they maybe they can go on and, you know, get Don Bond that, that elusive title. I know a lot of people in the league, myself included, would love to see that. Um, yep. But, yeah, I just think Quinnipiac might just be a little too strong in this one. But, you know, we look at Colgate in game three. They withstood. They, only, they got outshot 37 to 14, and Mitch Benson saved the day. If Mitch Benson saves the day, they, you can totally do that against Quinnipiac, given how they struggle to sometimes generate great A's. You know,
0: it could happen. Yep. Well, let's look at the uh, – I'll go with Quinnipiac, too, but I think that's going to – I think it'll be a one-goal victory there. Let's go to uh, the Harvard-Clarkson series. Clarkson won the season series 2 uh, nothing by scores of 6-2 and 4-3. Uh, Clarkson, as we said, coming off the two overtime victories over Union uh, at Chiele Arena and Harvard playing the three-game series. I mean, the overtimes for Clarkson did not go long, so I, to me, I don't think that's going to be much of a factor. But I think maybe the three games and the emotions that Harvard went through uh, to win that series might take might bite come back to bite them uh, this Friday.
2: Yeah, I'm actually kind of wondering though. I actually think it might actually be. Um the opposite. I actually think that that might actually be a good thing for Harvard. You got to remember, this is the team that did play last year that, you know, that really only their senior class, which is, you know, Casey Dornback and a couple other guys have really been in the tournament. Um, I know Ted Donato talked about his team really growing up as that RPI series went on. Um, I know he gave them a ton of credit saying they tested us, and this was a good test for us going into a team like Colgate, uh, Clarkson that's very similar in, in some respects to how they play, you know, big and heavy. Um, so I, I actually think that, it would, you know, that might actually be an advantage for Harvard. They were tested um, they got a nice little test against RPI in Clarkson. Yeah, they had a couple overtime victories, but you know, as you said, they didn't really go too long. So we had to wonder how the, the amount of test between a three gamer and a two gamer really is. So, but yeah, no, of course you have to bring up the um, the exhaustion factor and the, the fact that you went three games, really three grueling games. Um, over to you know, relatively maybe not so ruling games. And we all know that Clarkson teams a lot is very deep too. So there's definitely some depth to that team. So that will probably be a defining factor, I think, this weekend.
0: One thing I found interesting in that uh, the Union Clarkson series, that Clarkson used both of its goaltenders in the series. Uh, Ethan Hyder started uh, on uh, Friday night and Jacob Musitelli started Saturday night. I mean, uh, who do you go with in, in in Friday's game then? Yeah, I mean it's kind of tough because I I actually asked this
2: question. I haven't been able to listen to the E C C call today, you know, because that other you know that real job thing, um, <laughs> you know, kind of gets in the way yeah. sometimes. But um, yeah, I mean you look at Jacob Musitelli. He's 801 one with a one point three zero G A A down the stretch. You know, who do you go with? Uh, I mean, you go with hater who's kind of a little bit more experienced. He had most of the action last year. What do you stick with the hot hand? But I mean, he went with both goalies last week. They both, they both performed pretty equally. So, um, yeah, it will be interesting to see who you go with. I think you got to go with whoever looks better and in practice. Um, um, but it's been certainly a tough situation. I mean, we can think it over the past of goalie, um, tandems doing well, but you know, main 93 had a goalie tandem. Um, and, you know, there's a bunch of other great um, examples down the line here of how that's worked to success. I always I always believe that one guy is better than having one solid guy, is better than a goalie situation in college hockey where the game's limited. But, but who knows? I mean, maybe he goes with one guy one night and one guy the other night because, you know, it's seemingly working for them.
0: Yeah. Meanwhile, Mitchell Gibson of Harvard has had a pretty good season.
2: Yeah, I mean, I like Mitchell Gibbs. I always have. I always thought he's probably a little bit better than you know people give him credit for. I mean, is a two point oh nine GAA this year. You know, nine point nine point nine two zero save percentage. I mean, he's looked good over the last few weeks. I mean, I saw him against the, uh, Quinnipiac a few weeks ago, and I thought he was very good in that game. And he was very good last night too. I remember on Sunday night, I should say. Um, he was very good in the first period, especially RPI got out to about a 12-4 advantage in shots. I remember one midway through the first period where he just came across and, you know, got his pad get his on a Really good RPI chance. And um, But he, his play will lead Harvard to an ECAC title if, you know, he plays well. Um, I think Harvard's a little underrated defensively. I, I think they're very good. They have, you know, some stay, a stay-at-home stay guy like Marshall Rafai, who's been very good. And then you have, you know, Henry Thrun, who's, you know, he's going to make his living, as Ted and I were talking about on the concourse the other night. He's going to make his living on the defensive end uh, of the ice so um, in the NHL. So, I mean, they, they're very good. I mean, they've had some pretty good possession stats this year um they've they've only allowed just north of two goals a game i, I mean I, I think this is a little different of a harvard team than we've seen in recent years they're not really the running gun team that they used to be they're actually pretty solid on the defensive end no need to do that so yeah it would just it would definitely be interesting i think harvard's better at that but this series has totally you know swung in the favor of clarkson in the recent years and you know they met in 2019 and 2018 in the semifinals clarkson won both um Clarkson always has the home ice advantage up there as everyone knows so um always good to see one of the north country schools in Lake Placid so we'll we'll see uh we'll see how that comes out and uh yeah I'm sure it will be even better this year um because you know we had the year off so yeah Yeah, Harvard got tested though I mean they had the you know RPI crowd was there too um they were kind of the road team in their own building um so they got kind of a little bit of taste of that as well. Who wins? Oh God, um, I'm going to go with the, the the. It's tough to beat a, ta- a team three times in a year. I think Harvard. I think Harvard may pull it off. I, I mean, I would love to see Clarkson because I love their crowd. I love, I love, I love their crowd in Lake Placid. They're always fun. It would definitely make the final more. Um. More fans and with more fans in the crowd, but I have a feel. I have a feeling like Harvard might win this one. I really do. I think. I think you get an experienced guy in net with um, Mitchell Gibson, you know, over so a little bit of inexperience on the on the on the Clarkson side. So it'll be interesting to see if you know either Musatelli or uh, Hyder give up an early goal. What the what the reaction is?
0: I'm going with Clarkson because uh, not only. They they need this game to get to the E C E C They got to win the tournament, I think, to get into the uh, NCAA. So right now they're sixteen in the pairwise. We know the sixteen will go with, to the uh, the, the uh, hockey. Uh, sorry, the Atlantic Hockey winner. So they got to. Yeah. I think that's going to inspire them. And I, I think if they win that game, they might put themselves in better position yeah. for an at large. Should uh, they lose on Saturday?
2: I, I mean, I think if we look at it, I think all, th- you look at these two, te- three teams here, you, Clarkson and Harvard would, in a normal year, would have been in the tournament. Um, you know, Harvard only had nine losses. Cornell has, you know, they're up there and wins too. I mean, in a normal year with a normal ECAC, these, these three teams are probably locked in and Colgate would be the team playing for their life, but, in, in 2022, the ECAC struggled a little bit in in non conference, and now we have three of the four teams fighting for their life. Um, does that play a factor in Col- in Colgate Quinnipiac? Does that play a factor on Saturday night? Um, you know, we'll have to see. Um, you know, it's very rare that we have this dynamic in ECAC. Usually, you know, by now we have three. You know, we have three or four teams in the league that are they're in on there and unfortunately that's not the case this year it's it's the opposite where three or four need to win
0: out yep and uh Saturday night I'm gonna go Quinnipiac over Clarkson uh one goal game
2: I think Harvard over Quinnipiac
0: okay
2: I just have good vibes. I have good vibes from Harvard when I was there this week. I just, you look at all that talent, you can feel that you can feel it's a feel good factor there. You you, you kind of start feeling, hey, you know, I think RPI tested them to the point where they, as, as Ted was saying on, on Sunday, you know, my guys, they had to learn how to win at this level at this time of year. And they, I thought that they did that. And I, I could just feel it after the game. You could just feel it was all business. They didn't celebrate winning. Um, in the quarterfinals, so obviously if it would have been the other side. There probably would have been a little bit, but you just you just got that business mentality. Like, hey, we need to win. We need to win. We need to win out, and it's just business.
0: One thing that's going to be uh, different this year in Lake Placid is for the first time they're actually going to play on a 200 by 85 uh, uh, sheet of ice, which you know we know for years since the building opened uh, for the Winter Olympics in 1980, it's been a 200 by 100. How does this change things? I mean, obviously now the teams, when they went up there in the past, were not used to playing uh, on a bigger ice surface, and they had to adjust. But now playing on the the normal surface that they're used to, uh, how do you think that will affect the games?
2: Yeah, I'm actually interested to see how it affects the games, to be honest with you. I think, think, you know, the big ice is a little overrated in a way. But, you know, Harvard was always a team that that was advantage up there. Um, But maybe – that's not the case anymore. Now it's a, it's a level playing field. We're playing what we've played all year. And, you know, like I said, Harvard's a little different team this year too. I mean, they're not as, they're not as running gun as they've always been, you know, but they have even benefited much, obviously hey, yeah, they have all the talent, but, um, yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, you look at it, maybe it brings a team like Quinnipiac back in it. Um, or maybe, you know, Harvard would have, they maybe won it. And, um, you know, as they would have probably, you know, three four years ago when it was two hundred by one hundred. But I mean, I think I think um, I don't think this uh, hurts the game. I think it helps the ECAC teams as they move forward in the NCAA tournament. Because um, I know a lot of the coaches have blame. Well, there's been a few reasons why, but um, a lot. I know a lot of coaches blame the lack of ECAC success in the recent years to in the NCAA tournament to you know them playing on the big ice the week before and. Um, I don't, I don't know how it will affect the hockey. I think, I think everything will be the same. But yeah, you know, maybe, it, maybe we have a different winner. Who knows? But I, I doubt it. I don't really know if it ever, that ever really mattered as much as some people said it did.
0: Did it affect the union in 2014? That's for sure. <laughs>
2: no, I, I mean, it didn't affect yeah, Quinnipiac when they were dominant a few years ago, and that Princeton team. You know, that Princeton team was fun a few years ago, 2017. But you know, did they really benefit from the from the Big Ice? maybe probably not um, you know Cornell's not here to, to say anything about it this this time so cause they've always been the one that said oh the big guys are really you know I don't I don't know I, I mean I don't think it's as big of a deal as people make it out to be but it slows down the game I think the game will be a lot better on the smaller sheet Um so, yeah, it will be interesting to see what happens. I'm actually interested to see it. I'm actually interested to see all the work that's been done up there. I haven't been up since,
0: yeah, I, I think I
2: think it's cool i I mean I hate the as a as a I do have a bachelor's in history i do have hate the fact that you know they kind of ruined the kind of the feel i I mean, I don't know I haven't seen it, maybe they haven't, but it still feels like they may have ruined the feel a little bit the kind of the fun of it. But, um, yeah, we'll see when we get up there, we'll see what it looks like. And, um, obviously no team has an advantage on a small ice because that's what they play all year.
0: Yep. Well, you'll be up there covering it for college hockey news. Where can people find you on Twitter? Uh,
2: Josh Seguin, 24. And, you know, always look forward to a trip up to Lake Placid if, you know, none of you have ever been up there. I definitely suggest that it's, it's definitely a fun weekend.
0: Yeah, it definitely will be. Josh Seguin, appreciate you uh, joining me in the last uh, three weeks here and, uh, I don't know what the uh, NCAA tournament schedule looks like for you, but I, I know I'll be in Albany next week. And uh, if you're on Albany, we'll, we'll get together and have a, a drink or two.
2: Yeah, unfortunately, I'll be in Worcester, Ken. That's Worcester.
0: the plan. Okay. <laughs> Obviously, it can change, but... Yeah, of course, this year with the extra day off, which is kind of unusual, we'll see how that affects the uh, tournament. So I'll be looking forward to seeing how that works out.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. helps the people that local and, you know, makes me spend more gas. So... <laughs> And spend more money
0: at a hotel or
2: something like that for
0: some, some No, it was this so. close enough for me, so that that, that helps. Josh Segan of Kawasaki News, appreciate it once again. Yeah, thanks, Kevin. Right, that's Josh Segan. We'll be back to wrap up the podcast and have the latest winner in the Daily Gazette's auto racing contest in just a moment. It's all the traditions, the community pride, the culture of your hometown high school, plus all those memories that are on the line, too. What can you do? It's simple. Buy a ticket when you can. Go to a game. Take the whole family. Let's do everything we can to keep those cherished school sports memories alive.
2: This message presented by the New York State Public High School Athletic Association and the New York State Athletic Administrators Association.
1: Hi, this is Daily Gazette reporter Shenandoah Breer. You're listening to the Parting Shots podcast with Daily Gazette associate sports editor Ken Schott.
0: Back to wrap up the podcast. The week four winner in the Daily Gazette's auto racing contest is Aaron Kompati of Amsterdam. Aaron wins a $50 ShopRite gift card. Congratulations, Aaron. The VIP winner is Dwayne Leach of All Seasons Equipment. I'll announce the winner of the contest, and that winner's name will appear. In Friday's Daily Gazette. If you would like to play in the auto racing contest, go to dailygazette.com and click the auto racing contest banner. Keep checking out dailygazette.com and the print edition for the latest updates in news and sports on the coronavirus pandemic. I want to thank all the doctors, nurses, and first responders who are dealing with this pandemic. We appreciate the job you're doing in this difficult time. If you have not gotten vaccinated, please do so. Do it for yourself, do it for your family, and do it for your friends. That wraps up another edition of the Parting Shots podcast. I would like to thank Colleen Mullen, Darian Hansen, and Josh Segan for being on the show. If you have questions or comments about the podcast, email them to me at shot, that's S-C-H-O-T-T, at dailygazette.com. Follow me on Twitter, at Slapshots. The views expressed on the Parting Shots podcast